Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're so glad you joined us today for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a five-week series entitled Guardrails. In this series, we're discovering how many of the regrets we have or will have can be avoided simply by establishing personal guardrails. Dr. Kelly is covering the most relevant topics like friendship, marriage, finances, and career. Now here's Dr. Kelly with today's message. Today, church, you guys doing good? Want to welcome you to New Hope. Glad you are here. Want to look into the camera and welcome all of the campuses. I love you guys. I'm so thankful for technology every single week to be able to be with you and you with me. How many of you, and I know people in Columbia even experienced this, how many of you enjoyed the southern snowstorm? That was about a quarter of you, maybe a half. How many of you got caught on the road during snowmageddon? You know, come on, let's just be honest here for a moment. Let's just, let's just talk about southern people and the snow. Northern people laugh at us. I mean, when the weatherman says a flurry is going to come, we have total southern meltdown. I don't know what it is. We, ah! we go to the grocery store. We buy all the eggs, all the bread. All the milk. I mean, everybody just kind of freaks out. And it's just, it's just crazy. Um, but I don't know about you. I actually have come to appreciate that about the South. I've come to appreciate the fact that when a little bit of snow happens, we just shut everything down. <laughs> Schools. Work. I think Southern people, I just think we look at, oh, we got a way to have a vacation right here. Come on, you know you do. And I love, I love the snow. I love the slow. Um, but here's what I didn't like this time. I got so mad at myself on Wednesday because, you know, I knew I should have left the church when it started. I actually knew I should have left the church before it started. And I didn't. And then when I left the church... Lord have mercy. Let me tell you something. It, it, was, it, was, it was enough to make a preacher cuss. Now, I didn't. I had to put on some sermons in my podcast. I had to put on some classical music. Whenever I feel my blood pressure going up, I love classical music, right? Just kind of calms me down. I know you wouldn't think I'm a classical music kind of guy. But, like, I was counting to ten. It was crazy. And, and it, I, I had... I I had to get pulled. I got two toes, two toes by people who stopped to help me uh, get through the snow. And and if you're if you're from the north and you get stuck in the snow, listen, don't worry about it. There will be a redneck that will come. (laughs) Rednecks live for moments like this. Um, and, 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 And then after that, that was that was hellacious. And then we got home. But that's when the real fun started. Right. I mean, you know, getting you talking about some stir crazy kids and having the kids for four days. And, and, you know, I'm from Sumter, South Carolina. and I've always been quick to say there is a difference between a redneck and a southern boy. Some of you don't know that, Um, but I, I don't consider myself a redneck. But I can put my redneck on because I'm from Sumter, South Carolina. And so we got home and we had four days, man. And, and we said, you know what? It's time to sled. But we didn't have enough slopage. So we figured out a way to have some sledding. And then, and then, and then we built Frosty. Then we decided Frosty needed to go bye-bye. I'm going to actually quit trying to describe 
the Kelly family putting on their southern snow, or if you might want to say redneck, I'm just going to show you what happened because I took a few videos. I took a few. This is amateur footage. This is on my phone. But I think you're going to enjoy this. Check it out. Here I am being towed by a good old boy in North Carolina. Now what you folks don't understand is in the South, good old boys, AKA good old rednecks, and I mean that in a complimentary way, truly live for moments like this. <laughs> this guy found me stuck on 15501 after traveling four, hours I made it three miles again four hours I made it three miles This is the best part of it all. Watch this. That's my twin boys. <laughs> now there's probably a small percentage of you right now sitting there going, I don't believe in having guns. Okay. I feel about you the same way I feel about vegetarians. I thank God for people like you. Because you leave more meat and guns for people like me. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Now, don't take that too far. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of assault weapons and danger and all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you something. The Kelly family will blow Frosty up in a heartbeat. And enjoy every second of it. Woo! So we started a brand new series last week called what? Guardrails. As I said last week, you will not forget this one. We started a brand new series last week called Guardrails. We want to get at it today. I want to give huge, huge props to Andy Stanley of North Point Church. This guy says this stuff so much better than I can. I'm using some of his stuff during this series. I also want to give a huge props and thanks to my student pastor, Mark Yoder, when I accepted Christ 25 years ago, Mark quickly started to disciple me and teach me how to put up guardrails in my life. Now, he didn't use this language, but I just want to thank those people who have blessed me. I, I asked you last week, I asked you to, to actually think about your greatest regrets in life. So go there right now in your mind. Your greatest regrets, you got them? We all have regrets, Amen. We all have lots of regrets. Now, here's the deal. Is it not true that your greatest regrets could have been avoided if you had made this decision over that decision? Come on. Now, we're talking about sex today. And, and, and just, just me saying that puts some of you on edge. Right? 
Your mama told you to never yell in church. And whatever you do, don't say the word sex. Right? So let's just get over that. On the count of three, say sex. I didn't say three yet. You're so eager. You're always so eager. That's why I love you. For some of you, this is going to be the first time you've ever said sex in church. First time, first time, right? right. One, two, three. Darn, you said that louder than I thought you would. Now, those regrets that we were just talking about. Now think about your greatest sexual regrets. Got them in your mind? They could have been avoided, could they not have? They could have been avoided if you had chosen to date this person instead of that person. They could have been avoided if you had stopped at this point instead of this point. They could have been avoided if you had gone home. If you had gone home instead of decided to have a sleepover. Beloved, sleepovers are for eight-year-olds. Your greatest regrets sexually could have been avoided if you had made certain decisions, or better yet, using the language of this series, if you had put up certain guardrails in your life. 1 Corinthians 6.18 Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually does what, church? Sins against their own body. The Bible is letting us know, listen to me, that in no uncertain terms, sex is different. Sexual sin is different from every other sin. The Bible is letting us know in no uncertain terms that if we were wise then, we would put up sturdy guardrails that keep us not on the edge. And some, That's your problem. Some of you are like, I like to live on the edge, Pastor. I tell pastors, sometimes if you're watching this anywhere around the world, you know, we talk about living on the edge or on the cutting edge of things. If you get too close to the cutting edge, you will get cut. Right? The same is true with living on the edge of this kind of stuff. You get too close and, and you will fall over. And the Bible saying you need sturdy, sturdy guardrails. Let's continue. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Listen to that. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say after me. Repeat after me. I am a temple. Now look at your neighbor. You hate when I do this. I know. Look at your neighbor. Say you are a temple. Now, see, that's a great thing to say to your spouse, too. You are a temple. When was the last time you got up and looked in the mirror? Said, I'm a temple. Do it tomorrow morning. Get a full-size mirror. You might say, my temple's growing. But anyway. <laughs> or my temple's shrinking. Whatever the case may be. But you are a temple. Of the Holy Spirit. Who is in you. Whom you have received from God, I love this next part. Why don't you read this next part out loud with me? Ready, go. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You were bought at a price, church. If being in that environment does not honor God, flee. 
If looking at that computer screen or that particular website does not honor God, flee! If going out to lunch or dinner with that colleague of the opposite sex does not honor God, flee! Not just pitter-patter. Bible saying this one is different. This one is different. Run as fast as you can to any situation in which you find yourself and it does not honor God. Let me give you a little, little tool I've used in my own life. Did this when I was dating Amy Lynn. I highly recommend it. When you get into a situation, young person or older person, around this whole sexual situation, and, and you start to wonder, is this appropriate? Is this environment honoring God? Am I too close to the edge or am I in a safe area? Here's what you need to do. Imagine that Jesus is right there with you. Hello. I remember dating Amy Lynn. Let me tell you something, I, became, I had become a Christian, I'd been a Christian, 88, 95, 7 years, um, was, had given God my body, right? Asked God to restore my body after a bunch of huge regrets and mistakes. I'm dating Amy Lynn, like we know we're going to get married, and, and there are times when she's at my apartment, and it get, it's, it's getting, it's getting uh, how shall we put it, <laughs> steamy. You know what I'd do? I'd imagine Jesus was right there with us. Do you know what that will do? <laughs> do you know what that will do to the steamy moment? Come on, come on. Drinking last week. Drinking, drinking alcohol. You're trying to decide whether to have that first drink, Right? For some of you, you shouldn't even have the first drink. Period. Because you can't handle it. But for others of you, you're trying to decide whether to have that first drink. Or that second drink. Or that. Here's what you do. Picture Jesus is right there at the bar with you. Or he's at the party with you. In other words, develop the habit of the imaginary presence of Jesus with you. And watch how that will help you make good decisions. And guess what? It's not really imaginary. Because he's with you. If you are a believer and you have Christ in your heart and you are born again and you consider yourself a child of God, God mysteriously lives in you. And like I said last week, he will not slap you upside the head with a spiritual two by four, but he will say... <clears throat> Don't go there. It's a practice that is so powerful. Now, come on, let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. Here's, here's what I want to do. Come on back. All of you, come on back. If some of you have been daydreaming, some of you have like been totally checking me out, like you're like done with me. You were done 10 minutes in with me. And some of you are like counting the, the lights back here. Or, <laughs> or you're on your phone. You're like acting like you're taking notes and you're like Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, Come on back, come on back, come on back. 
This stuff is so serious that it requires a decision for every person in here. Don't you dare think you're above and beyond this. Don't you dare think you've got it all mastered and that you would never fall to sexual sin. The moment you ever believe that or I ever believe that is the moment we are dead in the water and Satan has fooled us. He is the author of all lies. So I want you to come on back. Christian or non-Christian doesn't matter. I'm so glad you're here. And I want to put up some guardrails for us. I want to put up some guardrails for married people. And then I want to put up some guardrails for single people. And I'm going to hit these fast. But these are guardrails that come from following Christ 25 years. These are guardrails that come from counseling people and seeing the collateral damage in the ditches of their lives. These are guardrails that have come from me being in some very, how shall I put it, dangerous situations. So that as soon as I got out of them. I knew I needed a guardrail. These come from my student pastor who taught me this early on. These come from various and sundry sources. But I want to give us some guardrails. And I want you to lean in and pay close, close, close attention. Here's the first one. I'm going to do married people first. Married people. Don't view sexual acts of other people. Plain and simple. Like, don't view other people having sex. That's called pornography. And it will destroy your soul. And it will lead your mind. Remember, garbage in, garbage out. It will lead your mind into places you do not want your mind as a Christian to go. You just, you just, or I could make it a little more broader than that. You know, don't view sexual acts of other people or don't look at naked people. Like, when was the last time you ever walked out of a movie? I'm a movie fan, man. I love movies. And I'm not a stickler. I'm not one of those no-rated R movies. No, no. I, I, I go to all kinds of movies. I, I, it has to be a redemptive quality to the movie, if you know what I mean. And sometimes movies are rated R because they're just true to the context. And I'm okay with that. But, but where's the Christian who's a little discerning? Like, where's the Christian who says, I don't care that I just spent $89 on this movie. <laughs> but I'm walking out. I've walked out of so many movies. Yeah, a little, little side story here. Um, about three years ago, about three years ago, because I'm such a movie buff, I decided that I was going to get HBO at my house. And, yeah, I guess the, the joke was on me. I grew up with HBO in my family. My, my dad was a big HBO fan. And so I grew up, and I, I guess I kind of romanticized it. And I thought, oh, good movies, good, wholesome movies. And I, don't get me wrong, I knew there was some junk on there too, but I thought, hey, I can, I can have HBO and I can pick the good stuff. Had it in my home for about nine months. Called HBO, canceled it. They said, sir, you got a kind of, you got a kind of contract here. You got to stay with us. I said, forget it. I'll lose the money. Get it out of my house. You know why? Because at night, I'd be flipping channels. 
and then I would land on this or I would land on that. And the kids would be in bed and Amy Lynn might be in bed or Amy Lynn and I would be sitting there trying to find a good movie and we just, we just concluded that's filth. I, I, I got to keep moving. God, I want to I spend so much time on these, but I got to keep moving. Married people, here's another one. Don't travel alone or eat alone with members of the opposite sex. I hope you're writing these down. Oh my Lord, I hope you're writing these down. Unless you just think I am so old school that you're not even giving me the time of day. Don't travel alone or eat alone with members of the opposite sex. 99.9% of the affairs that I come into contact with through other people start by a simple meal with a person of the opposite sex. I just don't do it. It gives me a chance to to let you know. I I have put my pastoral promise to purity on the website, on my blog, BenjiKelly.com. It's already there. It was posted last night. You can look at that if you want. This is not my pastoral promise to purity. These are parts of it. And all of them are found in there in some way, shape, or form. But I thought you, since I mentioned it last week, you would want to know that's at my blog. Just don't travel alone. With the person of the opposite sex. And some of you are like, Pastor, you have no idea my working situation. That could never work. I disagree. I travel. Maybe not as much as you. I try to stay home more than travel. But like, I, I try my best not to even get in the car with a person of the opposite sex. There, there are many times where... Staff members will we're going to the same location. And if it's just me and a female staff person, we'll get in separate cars and and drive to the location. You're like, well, that's a waste of gas. (laughs) It's worth it. Just, Just don't do it. You say, well, it's not a sin to ride in the car with someone of the opposite sex, to which I would say, you're right. These are what? These are guardrails. We're not talking about whether it's sin or not. These are guardrails. These are things to keep you far away from the damage that could come if you don't get this one right. Here's one, another one for married people. Married people, don't confide in or counsel members of the opposite sex. Something happens in the counseling situation, right? Where you start sharing stuff and it gets really, really intimate. And as a pastor, it gets really squirrely. Where, you know, before long, females would start looking at me going, oh, no one's ever listened to me like you. You make me feel so bad. Can we meet again? And I started realizing very quickly, this is like, this is like danger. So I get asked almost every Sunday, will will you counsel me? And if you're a female, you're going to get mad at me about this. I just don't counsel women. I just don't do it. You know why? Number one. I'm not a good counselor. (laughs) You really don't want me counseling you. (laughs) Number two, a female on our staff could counsel you far better than I could. Very, very important. I got a great story. I I can't share it. I'm sorry. I need to do a part two on this. (laughs) Okay. I got to move. I got to move. Married people, when you feel your heart or desire drifting towards a specific person, tell someone. Oh, this is so important. See, as Christians, we kind of like, we like, we think we can't talk about it. You, you know, oh, I would never share with anybody that there's this person at work that when I see her, when I see him, when I talk to him or her, my mind just goes there. 
Christians, we, we sometimes think we can't be real about that stuff. And the moment you start covering it up is the moment you are headed for disaster. When you feel your heart or desire start going towards someone and you hear that voice of God say, mm, don't go there. Or the moment you start having that one-on-one conversation with someone on Facebook or Twitter and your heart starts to flutter and you know what's going on and you think you can't tell someone that is a disaster, you need to find someone right away and tell them. To which you might be thinking, well, do you mean tell my spouse? I don't think that's always the first person you tell. You might eventually. But if you're a dude, you need to find some dude. You need to find a group of guys where you say, God, I'm embarrassed about this. But when I see her, when she stops by my office, when we go to lunch together, I just, I just feel things. I just think things that I shouldn't. And I wanted you guys to know so you could pray about it with me and hold me accountable. Jesus talks about it in the Gospels. No one lights a lamp and puts a bushel over it. I, I don't have time to unpack this, but there's something powerful that happens when we take the bushel off, when we take the cover and we let the light of Christ expose something. Sin, here's how I'd put it. Sin loses its power when we expose it. Oh, you need to write that down. And when we cover it up, then Satan has his room to work in the dark. Got to move, got to move. Married people, don't, <laughs> don't hire cute members of the opposite sex because you want to help them. Let me just talk to the executives out here. Whatever that looks like for you. You hire people. The buck stops with you. You hire and you fire. Don't, don't, don't. Double don't hire cute people because you feel like you need to help them out. It's a disaster. Have you ever noticed that you don't ever feel led to hire not cute people to help them out? (laughs) There's a reason. Don't hire cute people. I don't... I don't mean don't hire cute people. Hire cute, competent people who can knock their job description out of the park. But you know when you're hiring a cute, competent person. Come on now, executive. And you know when you're hiring a cute person, not because they're competent, because inside your heart goes, I just want to help them out. Oh, really? You say, Pastor, where do you come up with this stuff from? I've been at it just long enough now. Married people, last one, then I'm going to move to single people. Married people, keep your marriage, relationship, and your children the highest priority of your life. Oh, that's so good. Keep your marriage and your relationship with your children the highest priority of your life. You say how? Date night, retreats together, family time, being fully present at home when you're present, if you know what I mean. Taking the stinking phone and putting it up while you're home to be fully present with your family. You say, well, I just got to check Facebook. No, what you really need to do is put that phone down and get your face in the book and get off of Facebook. And lead your family in the way of the Lord. 
Let me tell you something. Satan uses this. He uses us to think the grass is greener over there. The grass is greener if I just check Twitter one more time. The grass is greener if I just go on Facebook one more time. The grass is greener if I just get to connect with that female or that male. Can I tell you something? The grass is greener where you choose to water it. So water your home, your married relationship, and your children. I got to go. I got to go. How many times am I going to say that, right? I'm looking at the clock and I got to go. Single people, single people, go home today and gouge out your eyes with a spoon. Get you some of that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There is a verse of scripture about that, by the way. Jesus loved to teach using hyperbole, which is what we call exaggeration. And, uh, but as I, I've never practiced that verse. And as I look at all of you, neither have you. And that's good. He didn't intend for us to, but he was making a point. This is serious. Single people like, you got anything else? Okay, <laughs> here, here we go. Single people. It, it, apply the married people's guardrails in your relationship with married people. Let me just pause for a moment because you might have to read that a few times and just let it settle in. I'm talking to the single people. Apply the married people's guardrails of which I just covered, right? And I hope of which you just wrote down. Apply those guardrails in your relationships with married people even though you're single. Because listen, young woman, young man, when you get married, you are not going to want some cute single thing up in your husband's or your wife's business. Think about it. So you just... You just apply these. You, single person, you don't ride in the car with a person of the opposite sex, partic- a, a, a married person of the opposite sex. You just don't do it. You don't, don't be that. Don't be that person. Right? You, don't, you, don't, you don't go to lunch all the time with a married person of the opposite sex. You don't say to that married person, oh, you just make me feel so good. You listen to me. Can we do this again next week? God, help us, right? Marriage, did you know this? Marriage is supposed to be honored by all. Not just married people. Read this, read this with me. Hebrews 13, 4. Go. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept. Marriage should be honored by, what's that word right there? What's that small word? By, by all. Got to move. Single people, you're going to hate me. You can get up and walk out if you want, or you might wait. I'll pray in a moment. And when I pray and we have us close our eyes, it'll be a perfect time for you to slip out. No sleepovers or sex until you're married. Some of you are looking at me like that. Like I got a third eye right there. You say, this is so old school. No, this is God's rules. These are God's governing guidelines, guardrails. 
that will protect you and keep your life out of the ditch. This is what you want a gracious God to do for you, church. You don't ever really break God's rules. Hear me, hear me, hear me. You don't ever really break God's rules. You break yourself when you don't obey them. Just no sleepovers, man. Amy Lynn and I were dating, right? Got steamy, right? So easy. Just stay on the couch. You know, it's okay. Just And you might say, is it really a sin to sleep on the couch? No, it's not a sin. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it is a guardrail you don't want to get up close to. So there are times when, you know, don't want to do it. You get in the car and drive her to her apartment. Or she just lived, you know, it was a good little walk, but walk her down to her apartment. Times when I'd be at her apartment, it'd been so easy just to sleep on the couch. It's a guardrail. No sleepovers or sex until you are married. Single people, young people, listen to me. Everything about our culture tells you to give that away. And I will stand here all by myself if I have to. I will encourage you and challenge you and call you to follow God's word on this. And you save that most precious virginity. And on the night when you say, I do, you and him and you or her, whatever the case may be, you go and you say, I have saved this my whole life for you. You know what creates intimacy? Come on, come on. What creates intimacy is not sex. And some of you know that all too well. You've had the one night stands, you've had the sex, and you wake up and you feel horrible. You know what creates wholeness and intimacy? It's not the physical sex. What creates intimacy is exclusivity. It's you being able to say to your husband or your wife, I have eyes for no one but you. No sex. God created sex. Sex is not bad. Sex is good. But it is good in the confines of a monogamous marriage between a man and a woman. And it is exclusive and it is sacred and it is spiritual. And young person, do everything you can to save that to your honeymoon. Single people, if sex is a part of your dating life, take a relationship break. If sex is a part of your dating life, take a relationship break. Like if you're sitting here and you're thinking, like you, you can't even imagine dating without sex. I mean, you're like, what? This is, why would I date if there's no sex? I mean, and, and, and you, you're just, you just can't imagine that. If that's you, just take a break from dating. Just, just take, mark your calendar a year from now. And eh, we'll give you a few extra days. Mark your calendar for Valentine's Day 2015, right? And say, I'm not going to date anybody for a year. And in that year, God will restore your body. God will restore your mind. And God will, hopefully, if you desire this, prepare that man or that woman to be your spouse till death you do part. I did this. Frustrated, frustrated, frustrated. Dating, dating, dating as a Christian. God finally led me. You know what you need to do? You need to stop worrying about dating. You need to get your life right. You need to follow me, and then you need to let God make that happen. So I came to Duke, and I met Amy Lynn the first day of classes after I'd taken a long, long break from dating. Single people, here's the best dating 
The best dating suggestion I can give you. And it's actually the last one. Flee, run towards Jesus, and only rarely look around for the person to date and maybe even marry. Read that with me. Ready? Flee, run towards Jesus, and only rarely look around for the person to date and maybe even marry. Here's my point. Single people, listen. Parents, teach your kids this. Single people, what they have been convinced of by our culture, and by some of us, so be very careful. They have been convinced that you will be whole, you will be fulfilled when you find Mr. or Miss Wright. Young person, that is a lie. There is only one person who will fulfill you and make you whole, and his name is Jesus. So young people, listen closely. Here's my day, and I'm not Dr. Phil, (laughs) but here's my dating advice for you, young person. And this is what I did. You put Jesus in the crosshairs of your life, and you run, 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 just as fast as you can toward Jesus. And every now and then, just pause and look around. Don't just come to know Jesus and then start looking around. When you do that, what happens is you start, you start making excuses. You start rationalizing. You start saying things like this. Well, Pastor Benji, I don't know if he's a Christian, but he kind of goes to mass every now and then. Pastor Benji, I, I don't know if she is a Christian, but she goes to church. There is a big difference between a person who goes to church and a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Come on now. So what you do, single person, is you just run, 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 just as fast as you can, as hard as you can, towards the heart of Jesus. And every now and then, you just pause. And you look to your right, and you look to your left. And you probably won't see anybody. That's okay. Keep running, keep running, keep running to the heart of Jesus. And then you just pause. And if you will do that, that will reach a point in your spiritual journey where because you have pursued Christ so long and so hard, you will have been catapulted into an entirely different spiritual stratosphere. When you stop and you look around, you will find a godly man and a godly woman to which you will say, I want to have the rest of my life with you. And here is what I have saved you. Now, let's go get married. I'm done. What an ending, right? I'm done. But you're not. You have a decision to make. Will you flee from sexual immorality and will you honor God with your bodies? Envision your life for a moment. Just just look out into the future. If three, four, five, ten years from now, you find yourself in a sexual disaster and your life is turned upside down and you're praying, you're praying, you're praying, she's not pregnant, but she is. Or you're praying, you're praying, you're praying that they don't find out about the affair. Do you think in that moment you will call out to God? Do you think in that moment you'd say, Lord, just please help me through this. Oh, God, if you will get me through this, I will go back to church. I will attend the 845, the 1045, the 230, the 430. I'll I'll, I'll go to whatever service they want me to go to. I'll tithe. God, will you just get me? Do you think you would? Let me help you out. You would. 
you will cry out to God. And I don't say this lightly, but you know what God will say? He'll say, do you remember that series? Do you remember that dude that you didn't really know, you weren't really sure about, but he was the one who had the microphone strapped on his head? And, and you remember all those guardrails he told you about? You should have listened and you should have obeyed. And because you didn't, you will have consequences to pay. Now, he will also say, thanks be to God. He'll say, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will go through this with you. But that never negates the fact that there are still consequences to sin. Regrets to sin. And I pray, I pray, I pray this is one of those that you choose on the front end to honor God. And not have your life wrecked as a result of not planting guardrails. Will you pray with me? Father, it's, um, these are tricky days. God, I don't know how else to put it except that these are just tricky, tricky, tricky days. To try to live... Faithful lives, particularly in the arena of sex. They're tricky for single people. They're tricky for for married people. They're tricky for adults. They're tricky for students. But God, I thank you that you have said that you will never leave us or forsake us. And I'm thankful that you give us wisdom in your word. And you, you call us to set up these guardrails. Father, I pray that you'd have your way here today. That even at the end of this prayer, Father God, that we wouldn't stop the dialogue in our minds, in our hearts. That with a simple amen in just a moment, Father, that we would continue to wrestle with this very moment. For it is decision time. Give us courage. Give us Boldness to do the right thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Disney movies and chick flicks, they've put us in a weird position. They've distorted our reality because we forget they're actually fiction. Because in marriage, we either get better or bitter, either joy or remorses. What we're doing isn't working. Just look at the rate of divorces. So how's your marriage? I mean, come on, let's be honest. Marriage seems to sound more like a prison than the paradise they were promised. We thought marriage was supposed to fulfill us and make us happy, not lonely. But the truth is God's first priority is making you holy. You say, no one told me. It feels so odd. That dating feels like a vacation while marriage feels like a job. Yet the secret of joy, if we just pull back the facade, is realizing most problems arise when we elevate our spouse to God. Without knowing it, we fulfilled Romans 1, 25. By our actions, exchange the truth about God for a lie. 
We've exchanged God for lesser created things. It's like a husband trading his wife for a 2D image on a screen. Hoping it'll set us free just to find out the fumes were choking. Because if your marriage rests on anything but Jesus, it's resting in something broken. Yet guys continually sacrifice their marriage on the altar of sex and lust. I mean, if our dollars were honest, they'd stay in pleasure we trust. So men, grow up. Put down the controller. How about you lead her with grace instead of trying to control her? Now, I've never been married, but I'm a product of one that was non-existent. So don't tell me I don't understand the pain. Don't tell me I don't get it. So for the singles, become friends first before you ever become lovers. Pursue Jesus as your foundation before you get under the covers. Because believe me, a strong friendship before marriage will make a good marriage after. Marriage isn't just sex. It's conversation and laughter. I mean, some spouses barely even like each other. And the marriage seems like a dead end. You might share a checkbook and a house, but are you actually friends? I mean, if marriage isn't a commitment, then what's the point of the vows we say? Till death do us part. Really means until the feelings go away. Like, I'll stay with him, but only until it gets tough and my love shifts. But I say, imagine if a parent took that perspective with their kids. Like, can't you see it? The minute the kid spills something on the floor, the mom's saying, forget it. I don't even love you anymore. No, it's just like marriage. To last, you need the strength from above. Because it's not the love that sustains the promise, it's the promise that sustains the love. I mean, think about it. Out of anyone who's actually had the right to leave, God had every reason in the world that he still came for you and me. And on the cross, he paid it all, took our shame and set us free. When he could have called down legions of angels, he chose to stay on that tree. From the cross, he looks you in the eye and says, I'm taking this for my bride. When you trust in me, you no longer have to hide. Because of me, it is finished. You've been made new. You're spotless, you're blameless, there's no sin in you. Because his death was a proposal, he wanted you no matter the cost. Where some guys propose on a knee, Jesus proposed on a cross. So read Ephesians 5, whether husband or wife. Wife, honor your husband, husbands, give up your life. Just like Jesus gave himself up for his bride, the church. So men, lead by serving, by putting her first. So die to self, put your flesh on a life sentence. Because you don't fall out of love as much as you fall out of repentance. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. May God bless you and thank you for being a part of our church family.